This is the Business Stuff Podcast. This is where I will share the lessons I've learned from advising thousands of businesses over almost 30 years. Each episode will give you practical insight to allow you to learn from other people's mistakes. I'll be pulling in experts from our team and the world of business, and together we'll make sure your business is giving you what you want. My name is Martin, and this is the Business Stuff Podcast. Hello everyone, it's Jack here from the Accelerator team. We're back for another episode and I'm joined here by Emily Pearson from Our Mind Works. Yeah. Nice to see you again. Yes, I know. Good to see you again. Thank well, you. Well, for the, last, the last time we met we were over virtually, wasn't yeah, it? There, the yeah, it's yeah, good so. to see the rest of you. Yeah, I have got a bonnet <laughs> on. I've treated you to a pair of shorts as well, so apologies about that. It is quite hot just for, for context. It's 25 boring. degrees outside. Which is, yeah, frankly, in, like, incinerator levels of heat. <laughs> it <laughs> is. <laughs> but uh, it'd be really interesting to, obviously, your specialty sits within kind of mental health, particularly in the mm-hmm. corporate area. Uh, and, you know, hopefully we're going to cover off some, a, a beginner's guide for some people that are, well, business owners out there who go, I, I understand the importance of this. Yeah. I just don't know necessarily where to start. Is that fair to say? Yep, absolutely. You can absolutely. give them a little bit of a helping hand, yep. obviously relying on you because you're the, you're the expert. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about that, but I've been working in the field for quite a long time now, yes, so exactly. probably know more, more than a lot of people do about it. Definitely, yeah. yeah, definitely. So I suppose the first question I wanted to ask is kind of what role, of, what role does mental health have kind of in the wider context of business success? Yeah. Kind of how, what, what, what influences that, you know, mm-hmm. certain aspects? It's a really interesting question and I think no matter who you ask, you will get a different answer. But I think from my perspective, a winning business strategy relies on good mental health and well-being. Mm-hmm. And we can never really separate mental health from well-being because it's, it's all in, interconnected and mm-hmm. they all interlink with each other and they all um, you know, impact each other both positively and negatively. But if you have a business, if you as the leader, aren't particularly feeling great, you know, you're not on your best performance, you're struggling with your own mental health, you're distracted or you're struggling with symptoms so severe where you're unable to work, the business is not going to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, so within a, a much wider context, you know, you, it goes the same for all of your, your employees who are ultimately your biggest assets or totally. if employees are not at work they're um, at work or they're not all there in mind, body and spirit because of you know, mm-hmm. poor mental health symptoms. Um, we see a decrease in productivity, of course. Of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> of course you know, nobody is working at the best when they're not feeling um, very well, both physically or mentally. We see an increase in presenteeism. So people are there, they're at work, but they're not productive mm-hmm. because they're not um, again, feeling well enough to do that, but you know they've, they've felt well enough to, to have to come to work or needed to, to come to work because of many different reasons, not being paid for sickness absence, not wanting to, to be off work, not wanting to let your team down. Yeah. Um, but then you've got the impacts of the impacts that it has on the rest of your team as well. So, you know, you probably know that yourself, as soon as one person isn't here, whether it's holiday, you have mm-hmm. to pick up work for them, yes. like today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it then also begins to impact on the team, which then puts pressure on them. 
And it's all interlinked and in interconnected. And I like to think about a workplace as an ecosystem. So if you think about a pond as an ecosystem, um, everything is connected. And um, you know the, the health of the pond relies on a certain amount of light, um, a certain amount of food, you know, a certain amount of oxygen in the water. Mm -hmm. And that's basically the same as a workplace and basically the same as the human body. We need equilibrium, we need homeostasis and to be able to be healthy and productive. And as soon as you take something out of that ecosystem is where things start to go wrong, not absolutely. just with that individual element, but also with the wider ecosystem yeah. as well. Absolutely. So yeah, it's, it's a really interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah. I like the yeah. ecos. People get, understand that, don't mm. they? And you understand that if the sun just went out yes. for yeah. six months tomorrow, there'd be huge, huge problems mm -hmm. on our planet. And that could potentially be one person in a workplace who's very um, pivotal in that workplace being successful, like a senior leader or mm -hmm. like somebody who does only person in that whole organisation that knows how to do that role. Yeah take them out of it and it impacts the whole ecosystem and that's itself. particularly prevalent in like smaller businesses where you don't necessarily have the yeah. the luxury of having multiple people that can cover lots of different roles yeah so you absolutely. might have someone very important and as soon as they're well, like a high performer but as soon as their mental health yeah is compromised and they have to step away yeah. quite rightly yeah and um, they'll that's when the, the wider business struggles as well isn't it yeah absolutely mm -hmm. and i think you've made a really great point there around um, high performance. I think we've spent, gosh, you know, the, probably the past five decades promoting high performance, high performing mm -hmm. teams. It was all about yeah. working as fast and as hard as you possibly could to make as much money as you could. But ultimately, what that leads to is burnout. Totally, yeah. And then nobody's high performing mm. anymore. Yeah, we've talked about like self sabotage on this podcast before. And one of those kind of self saboteur personas is mm -hmm. this high achiever. Right, where it's yeah. constantly about the the need to succeed and, and, and you, go, you mm -hmm. get your own gratification from making that achievement and as soon as mm -hmm. um, you, you fail and something doesn't go quite how you expect it that's yeah. when your own self-worth starts to spiral and obviously yeah. you know, other things like your mental health become affected yeah so it's a really fascinating yeah concept high performance is like something yeah. that we always promote but it also comes at a, at a cost, cost doesn't it mm -hmm. really yeah. interesting yeah. Um, Wow, that was an awesome first first question. <laughs> what I We've to gone do, around the whole of the world and yeah, ecosystems. Exactly. Just <laughs> absolutely. I, I suppose I kind of wanted to to get a look, to know a little bit more about you in terms of your journey through like, mm -hmm. our mind our minds work. Yeah. Like, how, what what did something happen kind of in your career to get you to this point where you started to step into this kind of mental health side of things? Yeah. Kind of what's your story behind this this yeah. organisation? Definitely, and it's a, it's a long story in terms of time scales, uh -huh. but I'll make it short in terms <laughs> of how it died. You know, I've grown up in a really small place in County Durham, small village, quite, um, quite rural, so it seemed to have a pretty normal childhood, um, probably until I hit my teenage years, and if you remember those days, I feel so long ago now. <laughs> yes. Uh, they weren't particularly fun. You know, you were trying to find your way. Um, and for me at that time, I also um, had to experience my parents splitting up and getting divorced. Mm -hmm. 
and gosh back in those days nobody talked about anything so we knew that there was something wrong but nobody was telling us what was wrong Mm -hmm. Um, and then when my father left he um, he went to live in America to study Aikido which he was you know that was his hobby that you know he'd, he'd given a lot of that up and that was a huge loss that nobody picked up yeah. but what that did was that triggered some behaviors in me that were just seen to be rebellious naughty at school mm-hmm. <laughs> getting into trouble acting hanging around with the thing. wrong crowd mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah. acting out acting out because i couldn't understand I wasn't experiencing emotions. I think when you're a bit older and you understand the way that you feel, there are emotions that you, you can very often connect with. But I think when you're a child, you, you're not that kind of internalized and understanding of mm. what's going on. So you, know, you, you see a lot more kind of behaviors. Um, and then it kind of spiraled down from there. By the time I was 16, I was living on my own because my relationship with my mum completely broken down and I'm 45 now and I still don't speak to her. So that relationship just mm-hmm. completely fell apart. And then by the time I was 18, I had my daughter who was now 26, so a long, long time ago. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. so pretty young. Mm-hmm. I didn't finish school. Um, but what happened was, you know, by the time I was 21, I was a single parent, had gone through um, a traumatic relationship as well. And that really was what led me into um, my own mental health crisis. Mm-hmm. So I'd really gone through a lot of trauma and loss and having to deal with that on my own at such a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously having a child on top of that, by the time I was in my early 20s, I had a complete breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was diagnosed with all sorts. It was like a game of bingo being in the, in the doctor's surgery, yeah. seeing you know, the, the psychologists. And um, I was diagnosed with anorexia, um, uh, depression, anxiety, and panic disorder. I was having panic attacks on a regular basis. Couldn't eat. Was just I couldn't even get out of bed some days. You know, just wanted wow. to. So it was that bad. It was really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was unable to work at that point. Um, and I think for me, my recovery journey was a big part of moving into health and social care and mm-hmm. the mental health space um, because my recovery journey was only something that I was able to do. Nobody can do that for you. Nobody can recover for you. Um, It was something that I found I had to really better understand myself, better understand my brain, what was Mm -hmm. going on. Um, And when I felt well enough to be able to do that, I actually took myself back to to college and and studied psychology and counseling. And that was really Mm -hmm. the journey that has led us up to where I am now. So workplace mental health have been involved in since about 2016 so that was really when it first ever Mm -hmm. became a big marketplace where you know it was such a a prominent topic Um, but before that i worked for 20 20 years in um, criminal justice uh, drug and alcohol services um, children, young people, looked after care. So, you know, helping people mm-hmm. through those really shitty times of their lives yeah. where I didn't have that help. 
So that was really what... Because, yeah, that's supposed my follow-up question to that is, like, so the, the spur to kind of get into this was it down to the fact that you didn't feel supported in your own journey. Mm -hmm. I know you mentioned that a lot of it comes from within. Yeah. And that self-awareness is so important, yeah. I think. Um, you're absolutely right in terms of understanding your own mental health. Yeah. But was that kind of conscious move to move into that space to make it better for others? or? Yeah, definitely. And I think... I first started to work with children and young people and obviously I was a child going through all of that you know mm -hmm. I was only about 13 14 when my parents you know were going through those relationship problems um so yeah absolutely I think that's uh, subconsciously um that's how it how it worked out I knew I wanted to better understand mental health and um trauma and how it can impact us and we can recover but specifically to support children and young people who who didn't have homes who were in who were in looked after care so it's clear you've got a vast wealth of experience you completely you know, undersold yourself there right. at the start of the podcast you're, oh yeah i know a few things <laughs> you've clearly seen quite a lot of stuff yeah um, what would be interesting to kind of pick up on on the business angle of this mm -hmm. and kind of in your experience what are kind of the main challenges and barriers that kind of business professionals are, are experiencing when when talking yeah. about or prioritizing their mental health yeah yeah I think the, I think there's two things. I think is it from an individual's perspective, um, you know, we all know we need to be better at looking after our health, don't we? Mm -hmm. Just in general, we all know we need to either lose weight, put weight on, yeah, get healthier, <laughs> eat less takeaways, drink more alcohol, less, less screen time. <laughs> <laughs> we, oh, we know we need to do mm -hmm. it. Get more time in nature. But it's difficult to do, isn't it? And that's, mm -hmm. that's the problem with us as human beings. You know, we haven't that long um, evolved from being great apes. Mm -hmm. So, and I think we forget that. We forget that we're not these superhumans who were able to be mm -hmm. perfect human beings with these, you again, know, amazing- high, high performance again. We're yeah, not high performing <laughs> we're not. We're, we're just yeah, apes, we're robots, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who were able to you know communicate and talk to each other and, and build amazing things but mm -hmm. when it comes to ourselves i think individually one of the biggest struggles is um being in that headspace to 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 then um change the way that we think so that we change the way that we behave and mm -hmm. then our behaviors positively impact on our mental health and well-being i think that is one of the biggest challenges and working in drug and alcohol services and experiencing problems with addictions myself, that's always one of the biggest challenge is changing mm -hmm. that behaviour is it despite knowing that it's not good for you. Yeah, is it fair to say that we wait for a kind of crisis or road to Damascus moment before yeah. we make change? <laughs> absolutely. Which is often too late in some yeah, cases. Absolutely. You see that very often there becomes a point or a rock bottom where people either do, it changes their attitude, it changes their motivation levels and they're able to do that. Mm -hmm. And that may not last forever. So relapses are very you know, yeah. prominent in whatever it is mm -hmm. we're trying to quit, quit doing. Um, or it, it, it gets to that point and the only answer is to take, take your own life mm -hmm. and not change change those things because it feels as if there is no way out yeah so yeah there's, there's definitely two ways to go once you get to that point mm -hmm. so like we 
obviously we, we spoke about at the start that we obviously met each other before this mm -hmm. and that was when we were doing our mental health first aid training. Mental health for managers. Yes, mental health for That's managers. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> Which has been really interesting because mm -hmm. you, you introduced us to some of the like some really interesting tools in terms yeah. of how you can address mental health mm -hmm. in the in the workplace without That's it right. feeling like it's too overwhelming or a touchy subject mm -hmm. where you don't feel comfortable that's, right. so that's fair to say it's as a manager before I did the training was very much like I don't feel comfortable raising mental health mm -hmm. as an issue with someone that I'm you know responsible for yeah because you don't know if you're going to put your foot in it yeah but the, the tool I'm kind of specifically referring to is kind of the mental health continuum model yeah which I don't know if you want to elaborate on a little bit more in terms of how it yeah. can be used within a workplace and, and how it works essentially yeah, yeah absolutely um, so the mental health continuum model is based on a psychological model of mental health and mental ill health and um, mental health problems and conditions however what we did was really simplify it <clears throat> to be more usable um, and the whole kind of ethos behind it was to remove labels so uh, our minds work we're not a huge fan of labeling things as um, illnesses diagnoses mm -hmm. um, I found that having those labels weren't particularly helpful for me they were just labels like I said yeah. like a game of bingo ultimately what was going on was I was really unwell mm -hmm. because of the things that I'd gone through labeling them as things um, didn't really help me so you know we, we look at more around um, the severity of symptoms and we use a traffic like light system mm -hmm. to um, present some criteria against uh, using symptoms and the severity of them how much of their impact in your ability to function normally mm -hmm. the um, other part of that that model is about evaluation so again your body is an ecosystem your mm -hmm. mental health is also an ecosystem and we use the our minds work eco model which stands for e is evaluate so when we evaluate where we are or what's going on mm -hmm. we're able to recognize where we're starting from then to recover to get back into um, the green which is having good mental health we look at collaborate um, sometimes we need help from people and finding that help and support is about collaboration mm -hmm. getting on the same side of the table as people who can help us um, and then the last one which is oh stands for ownership and that is that part of well you also have to do it this is mm. your mental health this is your well-being you also have to take ownership of then putting those actions into place and getting it, the help that you need that is fascinating yeah because you in terms of how you, you go about it is you have that conversation with somebody again you ask them where they sit on that traffic yeah. light system yeah and if that's green fantastic how do, that conversation collaboration is almost like well how do we keep you there how do you stay there yeah. but even when you're kind of dropping down the colors and in, mm -hmm. in, in like the yellow or the amber mm -hmm there's still that bit of the conversation although you're empathizing with them and trying to understand yeah. there's still like that ownership piece where it's like well what what can you do about yeah. it what can i do about it yeah how can we work together to kind yeah. of pull you back towards you know a, a better better frame of mind yeah yeah so it's, it's really interesting and yeah. it's it has been really effective and it's been rolled out pretty successfully at robson in terms of you know it's it's a lot as i said it, it kind of takes a lot of stigma out of it it's just kind of like mm -hmm. how are you that question you always ask someone yeah. how are you <laughs> and it, they say fine and then you go but where are you 
on, yeah. on the model. Where, what does that yeah. mean on the model? Yeah, yeah. what colour are you? And then mm. it becomes much easier to um, mm -hmm. have that conversation, doesn't it? Because yeah. if you know, if somebody says, actually, I'm orange today, Jack, you know exactly what that means, that mm -hmm. that person is struggling to function normally because of the symptoms yeah. that they're experiencing. Um, so, you know, okay, well, what, what things can we do to help mm -hmm. you? What can we, we do at work? Um, can we refer you to the EAP? Do we have Oki Health that we can support you with? Um, there's the things that we can make adjustments in the workplace, but then also what things do you think that you can do? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And now I can, I can pick it up with people that I've known for a long time and mm -hmm. I can almost know when they've come in mm -hmm. by their body language, where, yeah. where they kind of sit on the model. Yeah. Because you, you learn to know what their green is, mm -hmm. what's their normal. Yeah, totally. What, 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 how do I know that Jack is in the green? Because mm -hmm. what is his normal? Well, he's normally cracking jokes and normally happy and cheery. Mm -hmm. But if you're coming in and your jokes are terrible, <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> you're very quiet. Yeah. That might not be, you know, Jack's maybe having a little bit of a not so great day and, yeah. and start a conversation. Yeah, it's a really powerful tool. But again, that, that tool is for an individual. Mm -hmm. That's self-evaluation, <clears throat> but it, it's a great conversation starter to collaborate with people. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest challenges for workplaces, so that was a lot about the individual and on, on mm -hmm. an individual level is, um, it's not being paid attention enough um, by, I think, some organisations still. And what we get a lot of the time is, one of the biggest problems is, we've got no budget. Mm -hmm. There are not well-being budgets being set, you know, set out for people to make really strong investments to um, see a big return. And unfortunately, without money, <laughs> mm -hmm. we can't do that. But I think also that comes from a lack of, that lack of um, importance mm -hmm. that it, that Priority, it has yeah. somebody on, yeah, mm -hmm. on a senior leader or someone who is that budget holder to say, having mentally healthy people is a winning business strategy. Totally, yeah. Like that, like how, I, you can't get it any clearer than that. So then I, why wouldn't a, you want to invest in that? Definitely, like on a financial front, like vast majority of people, like their wage bill is their biggest cost. Yeah. And if you want efficiency, <laughs> you want productivity, then you've got to invest in that, that, you know, that resource. Yeah. So it just seems that some people, some organisations can be quite backward in their thinking yeah, yeah. when you should really be servicing these people. Yeah, and in yeah. terms of like the, the alternative of not investing is that then you're suddenly paying for people that aren't here, like yeah. that absenteeism, yeah. presenteeism, et cetera. Of course. Where like it's suddenly like, well, you're not getting the most out of this resource. Mm -hmm. But it also kind of signposts surely to your employees that you care mm -hmm. about them as well, which yeah. is probably the most important thing yeah, that you're absolutely. A, a valued employee and you value, their, you value yeah. the work that they do for you. Yeah. It's interesting because we kind of preempted the next question, which was mm -hmm. kind of the, the question around leadership, because obviously a lot of this is driven from the leadership team mm -hmm. themselves and they have to buy into it. Otherwise, tools like the mental health continuum model don't work. And we've got Amy obviously here at Automator yes. who's done yeah. loads of stuff with yourself around mental yes. health and yeah. she's the big driver behind the stuff that we're doing. Yeah, she is. So we're very fortunate that we have that strong attitude mm -hmm. from our leadership team. Mm -hmm. I suppose my question is like, what do other leaders need to be aware of to kind of get this stuff off the ground? <clears throat> I think starting with um, 
exploring your own attitudes towards it. You know, mm -hmm. if you are one of those senior leaders who are sat saying, oh, we don't have money to mm -hmm. train managers to look after our staff. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, self-exploration, well, why, why, why don't we have that money? You know, where, where is that money? Mm -hmm. Would we have found that money if somebody came and said, well, if you buy this for £20,000, yeah. I'll make you, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll triple it. Of course they would, you know, that's, that would be seen as a great yeah. business investment to increase our, yeah, our revenue straight away. So if you flip to go say, we can <coughs> double your productivity if you spend 20000 with us yeah. for a piece of software, that's a different proposition as yeah. opposed to when you spend £20,000 on mental health wellbeing where yeah. we can guarantee better productivity from the team you already yeah. got. Like, it seems, <laughs> seems mental, really. It, it does seem a little bit strange, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And I think um, still some people just get it. It just makes absolute sense. Um, unfortunately, there is still a lot of work to do mm -hmm. to help people to think differently about this. Is, um, is there like a generational issue to this in terms of like the leadership of a certain generation mm -hmm. looking down at their new recruits of a different generation? Mm -hmm. and? where mental health may be more openly talked about mm. and it's just something they don't fundamentally understand or put it down to being soft or something mm. like that. Could, well, it could possibly be. I don't want to generalise, <laughs> but do you feel like is that but, something you've observed? Like speaking to some, mm. some, like the, some leaders out there, like yeah. management teams? I think there is definitely always going to be pockets of that. Um, I think from I'm so I'm probably of that older gen, older generation. I'm mm -hmm. Generation X, so we were you know kicked out the house on a morning. Yeah. Get out and play. I'll call you back for your tea at tea time. Exactly. You know nobody knew where you were all well, day. I don't want to see you. Don't, don't want to see you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> up to all sorts of stuff, yeah. and you know we 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 grew up through. Um, oh, so much stuff that was. Uh, really difficult for our families to go through. You know, there was a lot of unemployment. Um, we saw a lot of families begin to split up as well mm -hmm. in comparison to the to my nana and granddad's generation who were right. together for like 70 years. Yeah. Um, so we, we, we did see a lot of that. Generation X also um, saw the, um, the explosion of the opioid addiction crisis mm -hmm. and uh, the rave culture. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, that's how long ago. So there was, you know, some really um, big novel drugs that were about um, binge drinking, alcohol, mm -hmm. you know. So I think our generation, or, or my generation at least, because you're definitely not in, in that generation. Um, I'm a millennial, I think. You're, are you still, <laughs> you're classed as a millennial? I, I think so, yeah. somewhere around that. <laughs> uh, I think there, there, there will be a difference in, well, we went through all of that and we've mm. kind of turned yeah. out okay. Why, yeah. why can't everybody else just get on and crack on it and, mm -hmm. and get over it? And, you know, so there are always going to be pockets of attitudes like that, I think. And, um, I think things are changing because I don't believe for one minute that anybody gets through life unscathed. And no. now, once you're starting to get to, to our age, this is where you start to see family members dying, loss of loved ones, mm -hmm. and obviously that bereavement impacts your mental health and well-being. And then it's mm -hmm. like, oh, maybe I get this now. 
So and yeah, it's there an element of comparing like apples or oranges that everyone deals with things differently. Mm-hmm. So again, going back to that, well, I went through it. Like my parents died. Yeah. I was all right. I went to work the next day. Yeah. What do you mean you need three weeks off? Yeah. Like there's there seems to be an element of mm-hmm. horses for courses, and everyone has a different way of dealing with things. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I think we need more empathy and compassion, don't yes. we, for others, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And they were never really terms that were used mm-hmm. very often, you know, back in my day. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody was talking about yeah. empathy and compassion. It's yeah. become very... Um, just don't talk very about Very recent, it. yeah. Just get mm-hmm. on with it. Definitely. Yeah. Um, we're looking at kind of wrapping it up then, so yeah. kind of penultimate question then is kind of... Any practical actions or tips that listeners can take away from this in terms of what they can make initially start within their organisation or mm. personally what they can do yeah. to kind of start to address their mental health? Yeah, definitely. And they may be at a point where they may be on the on somewhere between the amber or mm-hmm. even in the green, but they're just like conscious of potentially sliding down there. I mean, yeah. have you got anything to yeah. suggest to these people? Yes, definitely. And I, you know, always start, I suppose, here as an individual. Um, you know, you probably heard the term before, always put your oxygen mask on before yes, you help anyone that. else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so we've got to look after ourselves first. How can we be servants of anyone else, you know, without without that? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think using that continuum is a really great way to just evaluate your own mental health and, you know, mm-hmm. explore that a little bit more. and. Um, be really honest and open about that with yourself so that you can be honest and open to worlds, to other people about where you are mm-hmm. and that actually asking for help is a good thing because sometimes we need to admit that we need help to move forward and mm-hmm. um, we can't do everything on our own and I learned that um, you know being a single parent for many years still having a career um, I felt as if you know I could do everything on my own until I started having problems with an addiction, mm-hmm. and then I realised that I couldn't, and yeah. I had to tell people, and had to tell mm-hmm. um, people who I knew that if I did need help, I knew that they were there and they were understanding what I was I was struggling with. But finding the right help and support is um, a really powerful thing to do, mm-hmm. actually, and knowing that you've opened up and you've told people who you can trust. Um, sometimes it's just all it takes to know I've got this until I haven't and if I haven't Mm -hmm. I know that there's a couple of people around us that I can you know fall back on I think that's a really important thing is there a case of uh, because that sounds like fantastic advice but in reality a lot of people don't use that do they think there's an element of like stigma behind it behind mental health issues still despite it becoming more and more prominent do you still think there's stigma out there I think there is stigma out there. However, I think it's sometimes a little bit more complex than what we make it out to be. I think again as humans we we do we do fight the fight, don't we? We do mm-hmm. just get on with it until mm-hmm. it it is a crisis and um I don't think we do enough of being able to recognize in ourselves um how bad a situation can be we are very good at lying to ourselves yeah <laughs> we're very there, yeah. very good at doing that mm-hmm. so i think it's a little bit more complex than just stigma um a lot of it can come from embarrassment um yes obviously mm-hmm. stigma the fear of what people are going to think about you but you know you don't have to put it out on facebook yeah this is about 
telling people who mm. you particularly trust, who you know, are not going to respond that way and, and can help. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, self understanding yourself and recognizing when you're lying to yourself or mm -hmm. recognizing when your brain's gone, do that mm -hmm. thing that you know you shouldn't really be doing. Yeah, that'll make everything better. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, definitely stigma. We, we need to tackle that all day long, but I think we also, we have to, again, start with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Got to start with that internal reflection and figure yeah. out, you know, what is it about you if you are the biggest barrier to to those things and, and absolutely yeah yeah and again we've, we've touched on self-sabotage mm -hmm. um but yeah self-awareness around you know w being honest with yourself i suppose yeah. yeah. self-management can sorry self-awareness can lead mm -hmm. to self-management yeah yeah absolutely but it's it's easier said than done obviously. oh uh, of course and, it is <laughs> and if you've got other, other factors at play that yeah that, that help you kind of facilitate or sustain that lie that you're telling yeah. yourself then so yeah. it may come to that point where you kind of hit that crisis mm -hmm. point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I've, I've definitely experienced kind of lower level kind of mental health mm -hmm. issues. Mm -hmm. I, I've struggled really a lot through lockdown in terms of the isolation behind it. Yeah. My wife went to work. She was a nurse. So I was right. in home by myself a lot. Yeah, yeah. Although I could speak to people on the phone. I mm -hmm. just didn't feel the same. the same. So feeling really isolated. Um, also kind of more recently felt Put, you, you know you put a, a lot of work into into a specific project and when it finishes the kind of the the emptiness behind mm. behind behind it kind of really or you don't realize how burnt out you were until yeah you've actually finished it or yeah you keep telling yourself that lie of yeah well i just need to do it for another couple of weeks mm -hmm. the year ends next month i just need to put in another month's worth of work yeah. and then it's yeah. fine and then you come to the end of it and you're just like was it worth it yeah. Yeah, I, feel, <laughs> yeah. I feel drained i feel demotivated mm -hmm. i feel not particularly happy about myself physically yeah I've let myself go because mm -hmm. I've just focused so much on work like yeah, it's, it's really it's really interesting yeah but again that was me lying to myself and yeah. self-sabotaging yeah. going it's fine <laughs> don't worry about it it's all worth it yeah it is <laughs> and that and that's I think that's mm -hmm. one of the funniest things is that we we constantly worry about what other people are going to think about us mm -hmm. honestly the majority of the time people are nice people that just want to yeah. help you the worst person is you. Totally. You are the worst person for your own mental <laughs> and physical health, you yeah. know, and we are the hardest task drivers and um, and, it's, and it is such a shame and I think that self-reflection is so important so that you're able to look after your own mental health and recognise, you know, when things are not going right. But then that for me is positive role modelling and mm -hmm. as a business leader, being able to then okay lead that forward with positive role modeling mm -hmm. so that you then start to inspire others to do the same it then starts to build mm -hmm. behaviors and traditions that then becomes the culture in your workplace yeah um and i think you know even just just today being vulnerable enough to share parts of you um like we both have done today that mm -hmm. that helps us to do the same Definitely, you know it's, yeah. a, it's a powerful thing it's a powerful moment if people want to think any negatively of you that's that's their mm -hmm. problem you know it says it's, more about them than it, says it about absolutely you. does mm -hmm. it does so yeah i think they're two really important things for me is having good mental health and well-being yourself as a leader and i absolutely get how difficult that is because again we're just AP humans, aren't we? <laughs> AP humans. <laughs> exactly, yeah. We're still AP humans still. Um, but then role modeling that and, you know, showing mm -hmm. others that actually this is something that 
you're committed to and you can be vulnerable about and put some money behind it. Put some money out. Stop being tight. Stop <laughs> stop investing so little in your biggest resources. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of it then, final question then is around kind of, can we signpost anyone to kind of some resources or tools out there that they can maybe start to read up a little bit more about the importance of this? Yeah, absolutely. We've got a brilliant tool that we, we developed specifically for these types of conversations. Um, and they can find it on our website on ourmindswork.com. If they click on the mental health uh, ebook, they can download our ebook, and our ebook covers all of the um, return on investment, why mm-hmm. you know we should be investing in people's mental health, and That's why. It, it, so it's a shame that we have to put that in. There. Yeah, <laughs> it's usually it's the first thing that yeah. goes in, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, you're right. Mm-hmm. We, we do need to. Um, but what it also covers is a lot around how work can be causing mental ill health for people, mm-hmm. like work-related stress, uh, which is ultimately, uh, you know, it's a legal requirement for employers to prevent that. Yeah. A lot of employers don't know that. And it also includes our uh, mental health um, culture change benchmarking tool. So they can actually benchmark where their company is right now um, against a best practice framework for a strategy and action plan and then know what actions that they need to take to make improvements to mm-hmm. change the culture more positively. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. So we'll, we will uh, plug the, the website in the, yeah, uh, in pop the comments. the link in. We'll pop the link in, yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, awesome. Thanks, thank you Jack. So, much. No, so what, what we're saying you. is takeaways here are gives you two, three biggest takeaways. Oh, three biggest takeaways. Start with you. Start with you. Start with you. Put Every single day. Put your own mask on first. Mm-hmm. Um, um, see the value in your employees mm-hmm. um, and then make sure that you're investing in that. Like find mm-hmm. the money to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you just got to take a good hard look at yourself and what, you know, what's mm-hmm. there and go, okay, well, what can we change to, to do that? Um, it has it will have a huge impact not just on your employees and their individual mental health but on the culture on the business retaining new talent keep you know retaining and your old talent and attracting new talent and and on the bottom line then, and on the bottom line as a return yeah. on investment there That's yeah brilliant. yeah but yes thank you so much for your time Emily. No, it's been really Jack. really interesting yeah I've enjoyed it Really hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, feel free to comment below. You know, obviously, um, let us know what your biggest takeaway is, and uh, we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you.